0: This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power one two digital.
1: Yeah. What's going on? 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 Yeah.
2: Something gone wrong, like everything upside
1: down, Lord. Right now, good, bad is like this whole place gone mad. Every day is a hustle and a bustle. Everybody right now caught in the jostle for space in the race. Trying to keep up the pace, but the space ram-cram. Everybody in yeah, the jam, jamming, jamming. Jamming for a better life, a better way of living. In the meantime, simple things we forgetting.
0: Like how to say good morning, morning, neighbor. Good morning, good morning, neighbor.
3: Good morning, neighbors, and welcome to the second hour of the Power Breakfast Show on Power 182 Digital. Thank you, Evie, for our major news. Of course, we got a news brief, and that's coming up at 8 o'clock, and that's all okay good to see the wonderful folks out at Charm Flair Auto Services. All right? All right. Uh, of course, Paul Richards is in. Richard is saying. Wendell Steven, and Myself, Steve Khan. Keeping company until 9 o'clock. All right, so uh, let me just give you a quick traffic update before we head to the results of our morning poll. And pretty much your traffic update is very short. Where you're going to get traffic, you will get traffic. Where you think you're going to get traffic, you will get traffic. Very heavy out of Maraval from Mocha, Dego Martin, East-West Corridor, out of Chaguanas. Yeah including the solo and the southern main roads. It is a heavy morning. All right. San Fernando is lighter than usual, but the creek is heavy. But, uh, yeah. All right. That's a traffic update. I ain't worried to tell you anything else. You're going to get traffic everywhere. East, west, north and south. All right. Uh, gentlemen, you guys are back in. And Hold um, on, Paul. What was that?
0: you leave in that waiting room for two minutes here. He's busy out here.
3: <laughs> All right, I got a couple yeah, more votes.
0: Security guard, can you let me in,
2: please?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, well, I didn't want to hear that. You um like, like, did, like a digital security guard, I
2: guess.
3: Oh, Lord. You,
2: you, you get impressions of any policeman who should talk and when they should talk, eh? That hey, is champ? Steve's domain, sir. That is not my <laughs> domain.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm I am waiting. I am just
0: the doorman, you know?
2: That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for my guests a, to come a online. A, a doorman is a huge responsibility and a lot of organizations. Yeah, yeah because it's no everybody's business. Exactly.
0: You're no, anyway. sneaking in whenever you're sneaking in, Wendell?
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A doorman. You're, you're proud to say you're a doorman.
0: What is wrong with that. I'm this of service. However I can be of service.
2: Alright. No, I I don't mean it in any derogatory. I'm a service man. I just mean I'm a, a doorman is a uh... Alright it's too yeah, early. Yeah you need to stop Yeah please stop. a
3: trouble. <laughs> 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 oh, Alright right, gentlemen. gentlemen
0: Ruben can you tell us the names of people who are on to so we can we can make, um, shout them out please what is wrong with you, um... you
3: Let's say good morning to good Ms. Maloney, who said no, and Maraval, on the road, stuck in traffic, I am sure about it. All right. Says no way.
2: All right. So you want to get the results of
1: our Mr. Polls. Wallace,
3: I don't know what that answer means.
1: You know what's another thing that you gave the results already? No. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for you to give the
2: results. Yeah. So our poll this morning was, do you think the Children's Authority is doing an effective job? And this is in light of all the reports coming out from the children's homes and um, the disappointment of the line minister, um, Ayanna Webster Roy, of course. And 24 people voted on our poll this morning. All said no. They do not. They are not doing an effective job.
0: That tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As as, as I told Richard earlier on, it shouldn't take a cabinet appointed committee Mm take five months to report that you are not monitoring the homes effectively that is your job as the authority yeah so you should be going in there on spot checks unannounced Mm
2: -hmm.
0: particularly during the pandemic
2: yes 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 yeah tax breaks yeah and i'm sure some of them might be traveling officers so they get Mm -hmm. something off the car as well and that's not to say everybody, they're not trying, but I mean, the, the, mm. there's something wrong with your reform
0: management of that, because the number of reports that we've heard about, that I know Dr. Rampersad, Dr. Sheila Rampersad has done several reports mm. on the issues related to that children's authority.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I know as, you see, said, as you said, we have is... children concerned. That's why yeah.
0: we, we enacted the law. Yeah. Because we felt children <laughs> in the country needed special protections. Yep. And we initiated an authority for that And if this is still happening
2: Yeah And in a large measure um, In some instances it it has worked Especially in conjunction with the Child Protection Unit Or the TTPS We saw how effective that they started out being I don't know where they are now Let me tell you what's ironic
0: The authority has ads on radio and television If you see child abuse, child abuse is wrong Mm -hmm. Call the authority Not so?
2: Yes Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what, you're not looking inside the, the residences to see if there's abuse in a, in a proactive manner. Yeah. If the standards are being maintained because there are standards yeah. of care that have been established. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So you need a cabinet appointed committee to tell you this kind of abuse and maltreatment taking place and neglect. Yeah. It's abdication of
2: duty. Yeah, it is. <sighs>
0: anyway. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it, is, and as it is, is. As you said, earlier, went and So you see, what children and elderly people
3: concerned?
0: Mhm. Because they have vulnerable groups, sir. Eh?
2: Yes, need they need
0: special attention, groups. special protection. Yeah.
1: Right Are by singing girls in this too? Uh, right. No, that's um. I'd rather not say. <laughs> um. Focus here. Focus here. Here now. <laughs> but 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 the issue of the Supreme Court and that the, that potential overriding of Roe v. Wade. And of course there are two things there's a leak which is unheard of um from the supreme court in the united states they may either that it's as leaked is in itself mm-hmm. somewhat of an earthquake
2: mm-hmm. and
1: to the decision that's uh, that's being prospectively um implied with regard to the overturning everyone versus Wade is another earthquake to the united states the united states constitutional um issue on the issue of abortion
2: mm-hmm
1: the Democrats, to me, need to increase the number of Supreme Court judges. The president can do that. And it was something that he was asked repeatedly mm-hmm. while he was vying for the presidency. And but but Joe you Biden... know the natural
0: logical extension, Richard, Is it that then? Okay, so President Biden extends the number of people on the court. And it's, it shifts in favor of the Democrats. That's that's the implication, right?
1: Yes, that's the implication. And then a
0: Republican president coming and increase it again and it shifts in the... Do the what the
1: hell they want. And if it so, needs to be so, increasing, increasing.
0: So the question will reach 100? No,
1: Eventually, but there is a reason. There is a moral reason why it should be done. Because Barack Obama had a choice and was entitled to a choice of a Supreme Court justice that was not given to him by Mitch McConnell and the Trump administration... Let's not forget that, mm-hmm. and that is what overturned it to the majority that it is now, mm-hmm. because John Roberts, the C.J., sometimes shifts to the liberal side um, of of the bench. That's what's causing part of the majority. Well, let me tell you that dishonorable of Mitch that... McConnell not allowing Barack Obama to get his to get his choice of Supreme Court justice after um, that guy died what what
0: you're suggesting and is a fact it is what plays out is unfortunately the justices are and has and have been leaning to their philosophical basis in interpretation of the law and that is sad because as you said earlier on the law should be interpreted on the merits of the law and not because you're republican you go extremely conservative and mm. you're democratic you go extremely yeah but liberal. yeah but that's the
1: system that they have unfortunately so you have to work within that system and Mm -hmm. if it was a a a, a complete dishonorable act on on the trump administration well not even the trump administration i can't bring the trump administration mitch mcconnell when did the republicans refused to do anything that barack obama suggested and barack obama put forward a nominee in well enough time and what did they say they said, oh, it's an election year." This was like in January yeah, or February. They say, oh, mm-hmm. it's an election year." in November. The same thing happened to Trump. Less time.
2: And he rushed it through. And they rushed it through.
1: Mm-hmm. If that is not reason for the Democrats to increase the Supreme Court justice, then I don't know what the hell is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the reason why. Well, they will turn over. Two dishonorable acts on the part of the Republicans because the Republicans go after power with a focus that is they don't care about honor but that's been a
0: commentary even even the absence of the honor thing in the conversation they said the democrats are just not as organized as they should be
1: on critical issues because it seems a huge umbrella there's so many interests under that democrat umbrella um unlike the republicans which where it's more focused because it's a more homogeneous group well, would you say Trump is part of that homogeneous group.
0: Or Trump on his own beat? Because Trump was a Democrat at one point. You know.
4: Trump,
0: Trump is on his own beat, power.
1: but Trump, but but what Trump's values, as he espouse, as he espouses to get into power, aligns with that group. With whoever can get him into power, you mean? Yeah, I'm. I'm it's uh, just but it just so aligns to that group
0: despised by the democrats now that's not an option anymore so he sticks mm-hmm. to the republicans now
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: but that wasn't trump earlier on yeah,
1: yeah. Trump was but he has, New York, but he has now molded himself in a particular way that worked trump, for him trump about power that's and, not not let's be very clear how he molded himself worked for him mm-hmm. and continues to work for him and make money for him but those two last justices that were done—one um, and when when um, Barack Obama was refused, and they didn't even want to hear the nomination process, and then ru- and giving one reason and then rushing through in the other reason—is reason enough. So there are two justices there that should not be there, according to their according to their mandate. It's either they have allowed Barack Obama. And then you could try and rush, rush through. But what do you think will be the impact it? of,
0: of Kitanji Brown on, on the on the bench when she's finally um,
1: installed? It still doesn't change the majority.
0: True.
1: Doesn't change it.
0: But that's I what think she
1: will to- have an impact because sometimes you have to depend on your your. I mean John Roberts. I think has disappointed Republicans to a large degree because he has voted um along along on both sides. He has voted on both sides. So he seems more uh discerning in how he votes. Um he doesn't just vote on the basis of uh uh a right wing And what about um, the woman who
0: who Trump installed? I forget her name.
1: Barrett. Amy Comey Barrett. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of them who voting who's well, to be fair. If that leak by Politico, Politico is right, then she's voting with the majority. It's five of them on that side. Yeah. Mm. John Roberts, according to the the, the decision that Politico leaked, leaked, is saying that he is for some of the re- reversal of, but he's not for a total. In Roberts, he's not for a total reversal of Roe versus Wade. He still feels that some of it should be kept in terms of the abortion rights. So yeah. he's kind of in the middle. And of course, the three justices on the other side. But even if John Roberts was to the, the vote exclusively with the, the the judges on the liberal side of the bench, it'd still be 5-4. Yeah.
0: What's the average age of these people? They're
1: hmm? young enough that you have more torment. With... They're young enough to stay <laughs>
0: 20 years in there. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them, relatively young enough, to stay till 15, 20 years in there again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know,
1: they don't just go like at 60 or 70, yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be 80 something, and they're yeah. still there saying, Yes, I vote. <laughs> All right, A-ru-
2: as we talking, um, A-ru- politics, too. I saw Watson Duke launched his party and Gary and said that he is going into until to share a thousand loaves and live amongst them, um. So the irony of him saying that and then going to the hired to do the launch where he had and, a big know, Well he's he not
1: saying done? that he said that at the hired,
2: he said it at the hired, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah,
2: you know. So we will see where that goes. Oh, we have a guest, well, let's welcome our guest,
3: yes, let us do that.
0: Recording in progress, Bianca Lala, yeah, good morning, Unicef. Bianca.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me. How are Thank you? Thank you for
0: joining us. Good morning, Priyanka. And child rights activist. Uh, is that correct, Priyanka? Yeah.
3: UNICEF.
0: Yeah. Just, just give us a bit about your background so, so we can acquaint ourselves.
4: Absolutely. Well, my name is Priyanka Lala. Um, I'm 15 years old. And my love in the environment is really what started my advocacy and I started off as a climate activist. Um, I first started at 10 where I promoted the idea of zero waste living and a zero waste lunch kit in my school cafeteria. And then I started on social media with my zero waste blog. and today i focus more on the rights of the child as well as climate change and i intertwine how those issues um can be solved together and how they work together um and then became a child rights ambassador where i worked with the office of the prime minister in trinidad and tobago and unicef and i continued to advocate for the environment and the rights of the child for three years and i took charge in leading discussions raising awareness and working towards Um, creating a positive change in my country and in 2020 I became the first ever UNICEF youth advocate for the Eastern Caribbean so my work as an advocate is focused on creating a better brighter Caribbean future for all young people.
0: So I'm presuming that you had sight of some of the reports of the uh, cabinet appointed committee on the children's residences what are your initial thoughts on this report?
4: Well, I mean, I think that it's definitely, I mean, it's a major issue and it's just one of several. And I think that as a child and my perspective on it is that this is something that is becoming more prevalent. The rights of the child and child abuse is becoming more prevalent and the rights of the child are being infringed. I think that it's a call on our leaders in society, our policymakers, to realize how urgent the situation is this is our future generation this is our current generation and they they're at stake their safety and their rights are at stake and this is a major issue um I think that definitely it's something that It's critical to me because I can see that there are many children even adults who are unable to identify child abuse or they may not know but or they may know but they choose to turn a blind eye and I read about it in the newspapers and even on social media and I can see how prevalent it is for children, including those with disabilities and now with the migrant children among us who are at risk. No one is spared and abuse can take place across all demographics and in different forms as well, physical, mental, emotional. So I think that this is just um, kind of a wake up call for our leaders in society.
1: You know, that issue, of course, the issue of climate change and the the child, I I could see how you could say that they're connected because it's also a generational issue in terms of what they're inheriting um, from all of the decisions that have been made before and all of the behaviors that have gone before. Um, But the issue of children and abuse, and this has been a conversation on this Power Breakfast Show, even last week or the week before, the issue of those children who died at the hands of punishment um, by parents allegedly um, in terms of disciplining. And so I'd be curious to hear what your point of view is on the possible legislative banning of parents being able to use corporal punishment on their children.
4: I mean, absolutely. Corporal punishment is something that is seen as a norm in Trinidad and Tobago, and I feel like in the wider Caribbean as well. But I think that it's so important just from my perspective as a child for the education aspect, because people don't realize that this is an infringement on the rights of the child. This, they think that it's just a form of dis, um, obedience and teaching your child um, the consequences, but it's absolutely a form of abuse. And as we can see, it's led to something such um, a death. But I think that as a child, and my perspective on it is the need for education. We need to educate. the way from kindergarten all the way up to university child rights is the foundation of our path and it's something that will shape us to become who we are and it's not something that is just for a privileged group it's something that we need and we have the right to as children so i think It's not only education for children and young people, but also educating our adults, our mentors, our teachers. I read a recent report and it said that our educators are not even confident in teaching us about our rights, about the issues that challenge us, such as climate change or abuse or whatever it may be. If our educators are not confident in educating us about our rights, about our future, where does that leave us? So I think that it really starts from that.
1: Yeah, but it leads us to to exactly what that report said because that's indicative of the lack of leadership on the issue of the the rights of the child, the issue of violence against children, the issue of violence generally being normalized in the society from childhood leads to the kind of outcomes where you see these people who are in charge of children and in children's homes being abusive as they are. And, 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 and that report comes out and everybody's horrified, but the society in a kind of way has normalized violence as a means of discipline and has normalized that children should be ignored.
4: Yeah, and I think that's where it comes in. Um, We have the legislations and we have the policies. I mean, we have the national child policy, which is definitely a step in the right direction. But now it's about seeing it in action. If we say all these things and we don't actually implement it, that leaves us in situations like this. And I think that even just from my perspective as a child, it's so important that, as I mentioned, education, it starts with our education and teaching us, these are your rights, because many children, many young people don't know their rights, and they don't know their responsibilities as children and how to act, who to call in these situations. And I think that's so important for them to know, and for them to be able to feel confident that in a situation, they know what to do.
0: But to to take one step further, um, Priyanka, go ahead, mm -hmm. go ahead.
2: Yeah. um, No, you are a child rights ambassador with UNICEF. Is it, the, the discussions that you would be that, that you would be engaging is 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 that with other um, children because for all intents and purposes you 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 you're still a child right um, so is that a discussion that you'll be having with other um, children your age and what, what type of discussion would would would, would that would, would you all engage in in terms of what's been happening
4: usually i my audience is not really children i usually speak to like policymakers and leaders from different islands and different countries and i bring a call to action these are the issues that children and young people are facing and this is what you need to do but definitely i have had conversations with children and um children in trinidad and tobago and they say these things have become more prevalent and as children and young people we need to know that our rights and i think that as children and young people in our country, we're seeing these problems happening on a daily basis and there's still not enough action being taken.
2: So what are are some of the things that children are saying that they would like to see?
4: Well, I've heard a lot about education actually. That's why I'm a major advocate for this and education from all sectors, education when it comes to climate change, education when it comes to child abuse, education when it comes to any issue that we're facing. If it starts in our school curriculums, it has a major impact because many children and young people in our country, um, their parents, their mentors, their guardians may not be able to teach them this at home. So if they have the basis of this in their school, they feel more confident that they will be able to be taught by professionals and have confidence in their ability to take action and if we empower our young people and children in our schools through civil society organizations they feel more encouraged so i think what I've heard a lot is that they want to be part of the conversation. Don't have the adults only taking the decisions, include our young people, include our young people from all sectors, all demographics, and give them a voice to speak about the issues that they face, but also what they want to see.
2: Now that, that points, that points to the educational aspect of it. What about the consequences? What are some of the things children are saying? What are the consequences they feel that adults should face for what they're doing?
4: I haven't really heard a lot about the consequences that adults, that children want adults to face from my discussions personally, but I've heard a lot more about a sense of hopefulness. I think that children and young people are really focused on our future right now. I mean, we're constantly being faced with challenges, whether it's climate change, whether it's things like this. And it's about looking at the I think the bigger picture for them, seeing that this is a holistic picture and if we implement these things, it's not about just the consequences for our parents or whoever, but it's about ensuring that the future is secured for future generations and empowering our youth. I think that they are more concerned about their um, well-being than really having to um, put consequences on their parents
0: do do you think based on richard's question earlier on priyanka and it something has occurred to me that uh children are probably the only group in society uh that where there is in this country uh legal right and i'm being very careful here to to, to disaggregate discipline from persons getting physical with them in, including their parents uh, because that's what it comes down to. What corporate punishment is the parent can get physical with the child, which is illegal in other age groups. You know, so it's a, a strange dichotomy we're that to Tobago. Do you think it would be, a st- and then many parents can't tell the difference, or, or there's a subjective interpretation of what is too much or what is too little, as we've seen the horrible outcomes recently. Do you think it would be a step in the di- in the right direction? In addition to education, of course, as you've advocated for. The country to outlaw physical beating of of children
4: yeah absolutely and I think that's just a small part of the culture change that we need to have I mean this child abuse has a range I mean physical mental emotional abuse and corporal punishment and this is just a major issue and I think that it's a holistic picture, the culture change in our country, whether it's looking at child abuse, looking at how we treat children, looking at how we punish children, looking at how children need to be implemented in order to for them to um, achieve their full potential. I think that it looks at the culture change for our parents, for our teachers, for our mentors, for our leaders in society. And even when we're looking at educating our younger generations, Teaching them a different perspective on this is extremely important.
0: But some aspects of culture change in society has had to be under the auspices of law changing, uh, because we were very slow to change. I mean, totally different subjects: driving with seat belts, driving while talking on the telephone. There were so much attempts at suasion before that were ineffective, and then we had to literally legislate it. Is it that you you and mentioned earlier on that? legislative change in this regard will be a step in the right direction is that what you're saying
4: yes I believe so but I also think that it's action on an individual level because if we can change the mindset the perspective the habits in one household it's Critical. I mean, I think that this is with any issue. When I'm advocating for climate change, I say this as well. Climate action can be taken on an individual level. Same with this. It can be taken on an individual level, and it must be taken on an individual level. But,
0: but individuals have different socializations. And mm-hmm. if we go down that, with which we've been going down before, we've been hoping that it changes because persons have individual responsibility. And we presume that we're all on the same page when it comes to what is the excessive punishment or what doesn't constitute discipline and what constitutes abuse so is it that we really have to shift towards uh, outlawing it because it doesn't seem like we're making the kind of progress we we are in terms of protecting children if we hope for persons to individually change it it sounds uh, productive but it doesn't seem that our history supports that approach as effective
4: Yeah. And that's why I think it's a collective effort. We need our professionals in the fields. We need psychologists. We need um, people who are professionals in these fields to guide us. And that's where the education comes in. Not only educating um, the children, but also the parents in the household. They do not know, many of them do not know um, the rights of the child or even how to act in these situations. And that's why it's, I think a hand in hand decision from our leaders in society, our policymakers, the professionals to work with us on an individual level, because we need the support and it cannot be done alone, but it definitely can be done.
1: You know, I, I hear you Priyanka and, and, and I understand the need to to have that as part of the school curriculum and, and that kind of education information but a lot of the leaders themselves need to be educated on that. Say that same issue that you're talking about, huh? because a lot of them are oblivious to the child, the, the rights of the child. Even if they know it exists, they don't care. They still operate on the, the mantra of children should be seen and not heard. Um, that you 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 have a little bit of a voice. The issue of shut up, which which as children you know parents oftentimes say shut up, go. You have no right you have no right almost and an opinion we have that as our, as part of our cultural makeup um and the leaders and the adults in the room are the outcome of those experiences and they may figure they, they love to say that nothing is wrong with me and look i went through x y and z even though a lot is wrong with them um but but that's what they like to say nothing is wrong with me i went through the system i went through i got licks and i turned out wonderfully not realizing no you didn't um but so how do you even begin to deal with the education of the adults in transforming how they think about children
4: Yeah. And just to give you an example of this, I worked with the um, child protection unit of the TTPS and I created posters and I put them in every police station in Trinidad and Tobago for the police officers and even for children and young people who were coming in. It was a campaign to educate the police officers because many times you would be driving on the road and you'd see a child out of school. Um, working in a vendor but this is just something that's become more prevalent it's become the norm but this is an infringement on the rights of the child this is child labor but because of the culture it's not seen as an infringement on the rights of the child so the whole idea of the campaign was to educate our officers these are the rights of the child these are how you identify in situations and this is how you act in a situation with a child I mean obviously it's a child it's someone under the age of 18 it's an infant um you have to act in a different way as um, compared to how you would act if it was an adult. So it was basically a variety of different like sessions where they looked at um, how to identify the situations and then how to act um, accordingly in that situation. And I think it goes for the same for our leaders in society or anyone. It's so critical that they recognize how this is affecting us and really understand um how we need to act yeah.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out something what is the law what is the law state on a child i, I mean you referenced just now seeing a child as a vendor um, what does the law state that a child is assisting like the parent or grandparents at, at who, who are doing vending at this point in time what does the law state about that child there with them
4: i don't know the laws but i know the rights of the child i know the articles on the rights of the child and i know that child labor is an infringement on the rights of the child hmm. okay
2: because I, I think we need some maybe i don't know if richard could help or maybe paul some clarity on that issue in terms of a child being seen vending um is that can that be considered child labor if the child is with the parents or, or grandparents at the point in time it and is child would- labour.
1: Yeah, it is. It would be labor because mm-hmm. you can't construe it as anything else. You're going to have to take it on the face of what it is. Mm-hmm. In addition
0: to which, the child is by law required to be in school between ages of five and I think fifteen.
2: Mm-hmm. No, we're we talking? We, we can talk outside of school hours here, if if, if that's possible. You know, what's what's he? I would like to get some clarity on that. Yeah,
1: I think it's still, I think it's still illegal. I think it's only from the age of sixteen. Mm-hmm. I think there is some leeway, if I remember those laws correctly, but yeah. something I don't have to research because not something I interface with regularly.
2: Yeah, yeah, because that's something law, you see—it's something you see around the world. Eh? It's not something that that that's that's, that's um, in in um, in Trinidad and Tobago alone. It's something you see around the world. I'm
1: not—I'm not so sure there's an exception for family owned businesses which Mm -hmm. is what you are asking
2: yes that's what i'm asking which (laughs) is what you're
1: asking yes i'm not i'm not so sure there's an exception for that i can't remember
2: i mean if there are any lawyers
1: listening if there are any lawyers listening who are more familiar they could send a message to the message
0: board what happens Mm -hmm. sometimes is is yes and priyanka you can jump in here the parent will say well i'm teaching the child a business Mm mm-hmm you know right and 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 it's an intern situation the child is not being paid so there are those nuances that that create loopholes would you say Priyanka Mm.
4: well I mean and on that same aspect it's also part of the rights of the child to have fun to be able to um, go to school to be able to play with your friends and the right to happiness and I think that This is obviously linked to child labor and the rights of the child, the responsibilities of the child, and they don't um, work cohesively with this. Um, I think that no matter what aspect it is put in, it is still child labor.
0: What are the significant changes you'd like to see in addition to cultural changes and of course education, as you've advocated before, in terms of the the country as a whole, as a collective? changing our record where child abuse is concerned?
4: I think I definitely want to see um, more inclusivity. Um, The children and young people I mean, as I mentioned before, education, but they need to be included in the decision making, in the policy making, in the laws, and most importantly, in the solutions. They are the ones being affected. They are at the front lines of abuse and of these issues. And if their perspectives, their experiences, and their insights on these issues can be shared, we will have a much greater impact on Um, solving these issues and even having children implemented in the policy making and the decision making is so important. Um, I actually work um, with the OPM and with seven other ambassadors around my age and we have monthly meetings where we discuss different child rights and solutions um, towards um, uh, addressing them and this is what we're doing actually right now with the child protection animation. We created an animation for primary school to secondary school students on um, the different rights of the child. In it, um, the the rights of the child, such as child labor, um, drug abuse, there's also, child abuse and protection in the video, and obviously who you can contact in those situations and a few other things, which I won't spoil, but um, I think definitely inclusion of our children and young people and inclusion across all groups, uh, children with disabilities, children from minority groups and having the ability to reach our children in those groups as well. I think infrastructure and definitely capacity building and different opportunities need to be put in in order to reach those children and in order to um, present these same things. Child rights, the articles of the child, the responsibilities of the child and how to act in these situations in a way that it is um, uh, like easy for them to understand. I think definitely it needs to be addressed from the grassroots levels all the way up.
0: Mm-hmm. How how you say you work in, you have worked in the office of the prime minister and the in the ministry of gender and child. How how much conversation is there, has there been, on the issue of those migrant children who also ended up in this report and their plights are very tragic, uh, and even though some may not be abused because of the conditions and in which they have to live in the country, uh, it may also be of concern.
4: Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of talk about this and we are concerned about this as young people. I mean, even with the seven ambassadors, this is an issue that comes up and um, the leaders in the committee are also very passionate about ensuring that their rights are not infringed and that they are given their rights. I mean, they have their rights as well. And I think that this is overlooked sometimes, but I think that it's very important that they are also given the opportunities to be educated and to know their rights. Um, This is just an example, but we created something and it will also be in Spanish. Um, Some of our activities and some of our videos are also presented in Spanish um, to make it more accessible for them and to ensure that they have their rights as a child. I mean, it is their right as a migrant um, to a variety of rights. And we believe that this is one.
0: Do, uh, has the issue of human trafficking come up in your conversations because of the fact that many minor girls are often trafficked?
4: Yes, it has. And I mean, um, along with this child abuse, sexual abuse um, and the different aspects that are linked to this have come up in our meetings as well.
1: I was just trying to look at the issue of some of the legislation because this is the Children's Act of 2012 and our, our age where children can be allowed to work is 16 and there is an exception that you could do for 14 for light work. Um, and I was looking at an ILO, ILO report on it and they're saying that, for example, in the Bahamas, that lower minimum age of 14 is restricted to particular issues. And they're saying that Trinidad... Um, does not have it clear in the legislation um, with regard to that, like work, that kind of work or light work can only take place in non-school hours, um, which is what ba- the Bahamas has done, and they have defined exactly what that light work is, mm. which Trinidad has not. And also the exception for artistic performances, because the St. Trinidad doesn't have one, and many jurisdictions do, um with certain regulatory controls because you do have children performers who perform and will be paid for that performance whatever yeah. it is it could be a suka singer like too young to suka like marshall montano and and so the regulatory control of children in the artistic arena um which which is allowed and which is work but because it's artistic <laughs> Um, there are certain exceptions and provisions made for it and yeah. according to that ILO report the and the doesn't have any um well, well, even children... for it, which, which which would be strange because we, we make such a big deal of children especially you know in terms of carnival and calypso yeah. and stuff like that and I'm sure they get some sort of performance fee yeah um yeah. when they when they perform especially um in the on the big stage in, the, in Savannah etc yeah.
2: even so, children sure in the area of advocacy too because I'm sure that they that they would, they may be the benefit of some sort of stipend or some sort of thing. How do we, how do we look at that?
1: You know. Yeah. So. I once I want you over sixty. But, but, they're saying that the minimum age is 16. Okay. Yeah. So to, to generally, to work, but there's certain exceptions that I think should be considered. Artistic is just definitely one. It's definitely one.
4: In closing,
0: closing prank, do. What are your ambitions? You seem very passionate about these issues.
4: Well, um, I think my ambitions just kind of holistically look at what is being said today. Um, My hope is that the future in trinidad and tobago is secured for our children and our young people and that future generations have a voice they are empowered and they feel empowered to take action and step up and speak up for what they stand for and i think that this is something that i look at on a caribbean wide region i think that we need to unite as a Caribbean region, um, because our voice is far more powerful. And I think just even looking at Trinidad and Tobago, my hope is that our future generations can do a much better job and can really ensure that our children, our grandchildren um, are given their rights, are given um, their responsibilities, and that our children and young people in our country today feel comfortable to speak up about what they stand for, what they're passionate about, and they have the opportunities to do so because of what is implemented. So definitely I'm ambitious for more opportunities and more capacity building opportunities and just more inclusion overall.
0: Well, thank you for being with us today. Uh, I see you in the future as a Charles Wright Advocate Attorney.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank you very much for having me.
3: Country surrounded by one daily. <laughs>
4: I'm
0: sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, Priyanka. Have a Priyanka, day. Lala, thank you so
3: much for being on the Power Breakfast Show this morning, Paul 1-2-Digital. Appreciate it. Tell the family hello for me.
4: I will. Thank you so Recording much. Recording stopped.
3: All right. All the best to you. All right. Yeah. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. That's, that's
2: of course, Skippy Skippy reminded me guys of the issue of Giselle Solandi not being able to do a boxing match because she was seen as a minor at the time. Yeah. Um I don't know if you remember that. But 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 Skippy just sent a message to me. Morning, Skippy. So artistic and sports. There
1: should yeah. so maybe be some sort of 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 um concession for artistic performances because you you already have children performing. Mm-hmm. um yes. and we have a mm-hmm. rich history of children performing and and becoming successful marshall montano for one was is a perfect example mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and so they really should be because even if you have let's say uh uh a uh, uh, play and you have children in the play
2: mm-hmm. i'm
1: just saying and they are paid some sort of stipend theoretically yeah. it's work yes um but you know so artistic performances should should have some level of um exemption mm-hmm. to it which As is what you do. usually
0: the overall principle is to avoid the child being exploited. So if the child is developing yeah. some sort of skill or talent in yeah. that arena, it's different to yeah. the child having to work to support the family or to support themselves. Yeah. So yeah. so a child in that situation who's being allowed to develop a
2: talent or a skill or something is, must be considered very differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because a
2: lot of successful businessmen today, and I don't, I think Sabga's story um, points to that, that they were helping their parents sell yeah, out the a of the, the business, yeah. yeah. Once they it's not have... mandatory.
0: That's us yeah. take morning, to Miss Ingrid. Miss Ingrid, thanks to logging on. All right. Morning, yeah. Miss Ingrid. But you learn yeah. a lot in your family business. You learn, yeah. you know, skills yeah. and stuff. So. You know, as you said, once it's,
2: once it's not abuse, once and they're not being forced to
0: do it. They're not being forced to do it or, yeah. or coerced to do it and say what well, you have yeah. to do because you're part of the family. So, yeah. good morning to Rich Trini. 318 or so logged
2: on. Yeah, and that's, that's real in West Palm Beach, Florida. West Palm Beach. That's Ray from West Palm Beach, Rachel. Morning, Uh, Rachel.
3: A minute and a half before the hour of 8 o'clock. Thank you so much for being logged on to power Two Digital, of course. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we have Sir Charles will be in. be followed by third base and, of course, David McIntyre together with Richard Norrie. Of course, when you log on, you can follow us on YouTube as well. You could hit subscribe and hit the little bell for notifications when we on. So, and of course, all our podcasts are on. So we just had Priyanka; it's on. You missed it. Uh, all our guests are online uh, on our podcast via YouTube. Um, you could go back and watch it later on in the evening and whenever my you get time.
0: You all know my mind kicked in there when Steve said little bell, right?
2: Little what bell? Team said so you can hit a little bell. I said, yes, Steve, you're accustomed. Yeah. Valentine's Day gone, you know. Maybe the bell can be hit again. Ooh. I don't
0: know. Uh, yes, news is next. <laughs> I feel I need to log off. <laughs> news is next, okay? <laughs> right.
3: Ooh. Hi. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. So let's get into... Let me just tell you quickly, traffic-wise, it has not eased up whatsoever. Um, from the last time I gave you a traffic yeah. update at 12 minutes after 7 o'clock, it is still heavy. Uh, from Yui, not from Huey, uh, yeah, from UE towards Barataria, uh, you got some volume there. But it's not too bad getting into the capital. That's the only clear spot on this. The solo is still heavy. Um, but from Freeport to Shaguanas is lighter, all right? Riverlet Road is eased up a bit, but East-West Corridor is certainly uh, a chock block and those come out to Digo and Maraval and so on, it's still a bit heavy, all right?
0: Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.